Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk podcast. We're back on video. It's been, I'd say, over a week since we, since we were here on video, uh, able to record in, in addition to our audio format. So so sorry for all of you that are watching on YouTube. Um, but I'm Emmett Siegel. I'm here with Andrew Chodis. Uh, we're going to be talking about Maryland football's upcoming matchup against Virginia, the third game of the season. They're 2-0. Uh, Maryland is after wins over Towson and Charlotte, and UVA comes in at 0-2. Andrew, how you doing? We got a short week, a Friday night game. Yeah, it's, you know, it's exciting for there to be a Friday night game. Obviously, a long-standing rivalry between these two teams. Uh, it's been 10 years uh, since they, they last faced. So I think, you know, Mike Loxley mentioned his excitement to kind of get this rivalry reignited, and it should be a really fun game under the lights Friday. Should be. You know, Friday night games are, are a nice change of pace a little bit. I know uh, Mike Loxley said, pretty unequivocally that he does not like the Friday night games from a coaching perspective, but uh, from a fan's perspective and from a media perspective, it's, it's kind of nice to maybe have that Saturday off, but um, let's, let's get into uh, a little bit of preview of Maryland's opponent. Let's talk about Virginia. Uh, Virginia comes in at 0 and 2. I think a lot of people are considering them one of the worst teams in the power five. I mean, just based off of results, based off their team on paper, um, they have not had a, a nice start to the season so far. Um, Andrew, you have a preview up on testudotimes.com of Virginia. So for people who aren't familiar with the Cavaliers, kind of what is the MO of this team? The MO of this team is they're going to try to pass the ball a lot through new quarterback, uh, Tony Musket, who should be returning from injury against Maryland. Team that struggles a lot defensively. Um, one of the worst rush defenses in America, uh, ranked 123rd, I believe, in FBS. Um, struggled mightily last year in, ton- in turnover differential. So far through two through two games, they're actually all right. They're even in that category, but they have had trouble uh, taking care of the ball over the past few years. A lot of fresh faces um, on the team as well. Um, it's just on paper, statistically, they're one of the worst teams um, on paper, Power Five, likely projected to finish last in the ACC last season. It's been a tough, really tough few years uh, for Virginia. Obviously, it's a team that just a few years ago, you know, was competing in New York Six Bowls. And all of a sudden, you look back and they go back to back 500 seasons, a three and seven season, um, obviously, some tragedy at the end of the last season. And now their program kind of looking to, you know, rediscover itself. So, this is a, a rebuilding season uh, by all means for the Cavaliers and they're they They can really only go up from where they are right now. Yeah. And like you said, there's a lot of newness in that quarterback room with them. And I guess that's kind of where every offense starts, right? If you don't have consistency in the quarterback room, it's hard to get things going. Um, you said that Tony Musket is probably going to be back from injury or at least healthy from injury. Yeah. So, so the offensive coordinator did confirm today that he's going to be the starter on Friday night, whether he's 100% healthy, some reporters on social media that I've been following have said, eh, we don't know based on what's happened um, in practice. I mean, he only played the first three quarters um, against like, against Tennessee. It was nine for 14 in that. It was kind of the way the game was going. Tennessee was controlling um, all the possession, really, so they really couldn't get anything going. But started a true freshman against James Madison. fell short in that game. So he's going to play Friday night, but his health is definitely something to look out for. It is his non-throwing shoulder, though, uh, which which is injured, which is a positive, I guess. If you're a Virginia fan, definitely something to still uh, look out for. 
it's interesting for Tony Elliott to be making the decision to go to Tony Muskett. I mean, I guess you're kind of in the business of, of just trying to win games right now. And, um, you know, you're, you're 0-2. I mean, for, for anyone that doesn't know, they lost very convincingly to Tennessee and then lost in a, a sloppy close game to, to James Madison in week two. Um, it's interesting that they're going, you know, Tony Muskett is a transfer from Monmouth. Um, very limited experience, like you said, playing at this level. Um, I loved what I saw from Anthony Colandrea in there in, you know, against JMU and at the end of the Tennessee game. I mean, he threw for almost 400 yards against JMU. Um, you know, that, that, that was not a good loss for them, but he kind of showed, I think, why he could potentially be, you know, the future piece of it. But, but I guess they're, they're probably favoring that more experienced, uh, guy, at least earlier in the season. Yeah. And the other thing is you mentioned, you kind of maybe it's a surprise to see Tony Elliott bring, bring him in. The other thing is that Virginia's identity for the past few years in the Bronco Mandenhall era, it was kind of always, you know, they're going to, they're going to run the ball, have a mobile quarterback. You know, they had Brandon Armstrong the past few years. He was a guy that was able to run the ball as well. Bryce Perkins be, be before that. And when you look at what they, what they have with Musket, he's purely a pocket passer. Really, that's his identity. He was forced to scramble a little bit in the Tennessee game, but it's kind of a change of their offensive identity this year that they're really looking to, you know, get points through the air because their rushing attack has not been so good this year. So it's going to be interesting kind of to see how that all, all uh, resolves itself against Maryland. Yeah. I think when you think about the kind of quarterbacks that Maryland has the most trouble with, it tends to be those more creative, you know, non solely pocket passer guys, like kind of like what Musket is. I mean, I would think that Colin Dreyer might actually give them maybe a potentially better chance of beating Maryland, but um, you know, I'm not the coach. I'm not watching them in practice. So um, I guess Tony Elliott, you know, knows what he's doing. Um, but like you said, th- this rushing attack is not, and we don't mean to pile on. These are just, you know, these are just the numbers. This rushing attack is not impressive. I have them down here that against JMU, they had less than two yards per carry. Um, their offensive line from what I've been able to gather is really a weakness of this team. Um, you could definitely, I could definitely see Maryland kind of having its way in the trenches, at least on the defensive side. Um, overall, this feels like kind of a prove it game for Maryland's defense, kind of the game that, you know, you expect, regardless of what happens on the offensive side of the ball for Maryland, you expect Virginia to kind of struggle to get it going out of the gates and, you know, potentially keeping them to a pretty low point total on Friday. Yeah, and, and I know you mentioned how Virginia's rushing attack has, you know, struggled a lot. And even though they tried to kind of bring that up with, with, with by getting in transfer uh, Kobe Pace from, uh, from Clemson, it's their rush defense, which has really been killing them, you know, all through, through two games this season. They allowed basically they allowed they've allowed over 400 yards um, in those in those two games. They haven't been able to stop the run at all, and it kind kind of seems to maybe lining up perfectly for Maryland, right? You had Roman Hemby last game had the best game of his career, almost 170 rushing yards. Kind of seems like he might be in for a pretty big game as well on Friday night. Yeah, Roman Hemby, like you said, it was the most productive game of his career. Um, it feels like Maryland's offensive line they're starting to tighten up their rotation a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit less substituting as, as we get farther along in the season, they have a better idea of who it is they can trust. Um, but Maryland's running attack is, I would say probably one of its biggest weapons. And if if Virginia's rushing defense is, is not good, you know, you could definitely see this game getting out of hand with some of those big runs. I mean, Roman Hemby had a couple of long runs, um, against, uh, Charlotte, um, Antoine Littleton didn't play after he had that personal foul, but we know that, you know, he can be a difference maker as well. And like what we saw from Colby McDonald, um, still yet to see Ramon Brown this year. He's been inactive for the first two games, but um, yeah, could definitely see a big game coming from Maryland's rushing attack and definitely that being a, a key focus 
Uh, what about Virginia's pass defense? Is, is that anything that, that has impressed you? Better than their rush defense. Um, but again, hasn't really been a big sample size so far because both James Madison and Tennessee attacked the run, clearly seeing that um, seeing that as a weakness. They allowed you know over 200 yards uh, passing pretty efficiently too um, against both James Madison um, and, and Tennessee. Uh, the plus for, for Virginia is that one of their best defenders, Jonas Sanker, He's he's in their secondary uh, junior safety. He's been really good for them. He's been a playmaker through the first two games, but again, it's been it's been all right, right? It has it hasn't been a, a weakness per se, nor has it been a strength. Well, we definitely seen Maryland, um, and you got into this a little bit in the in the Charlotte recap, but we've seen Maryland a little bit um, friendlier towards the deep ball recently, and I think Caden Prather has kind of opened things up in that aspect for them. Last year, you know, we we saw them try to force it downfield a little bit, but. Um, you know, Ty Felton, guys like that, you know, Reckon Jared had a couple deep threats, but for the most part, um, Maryland was not, you know, really kind of opening up that offense like we've seen earlier this year. And we've definitely seen Caden Prather provide that deep threat. Um, Tyrese Chambers, um, I saw that uh, Varun Shankar from um, from the Baltimore Banner, uh, one mm-hmm. of our colleagues said that uh, Tyrese told him that he's going to be playing on Friday. So that will add a little um, that'll add a little bit of extra juice to that Maryland wide receiver room. Um, could definitely see, like I said, I could definitely see a big performance coming from Maryland's offense. And I think after that start against Charlotte, I mean, that start was about as poorly as it possibly could have gone on both the defensive and offensive and special teams pretty much route. Um, could definitely see Maryland, you know, coming out with some motivation and starting fast against Virginia. Yeah, and, and I and I agree with that. I'm just I'm just curious to see if 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 Josh Gaddis kind of takes the route that that James Madison, Tennessee took which is we're basically going to exclusively run the ball just just looking at what i have up here teams you know the, the those two teams ran the ball combined 86 times versus throwing it just 43 times in two games and they've and they put up the combined almost they combined over 80 points in those two games so i'm, I'm just not sure how much we're going to see of Maryland's passing attack but Again, like like you said, they're kind of they starting to find themselves, especially with the deep ball. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to watch out for is how Maryland's offense comes out. Well, I think we should we should get to some keys to the game. Uh, what we're expecting, maybe we'll determine this game. I can start, um, and I think it's like you said. Um, I think it's Maryland's rushing attack. I think Maryland's rushing attack will put this away. Um, I definitely see Roman Hemby having a, a big game again. Um, I'm expecting him to get into the triple digits rushing yards wise. Um, he had the longest reception of his career on Saturday. Um, it was something like like 30, 37 yards, around 40 yards. Um, so can definitely see them kind of utilizing him in more creative ways. Um, Josh Gaddis hasn't been, I'd say, the most creative play caller. Not necessarily that he has to be. I mean, that's not a requirement. Um, but I can see them, you know, maybe maybe trying to use him in space a little bit more. Um, and I'm expecting a big game from from Hemby and Littleton. Um, that would be my my first key to the game. Yeah, I'd say another key to the game is kind of forcing a pressure on Virginia and, you know, try, trying to force some turnovers. You know, kind of something that's plagued Virginia um, in the past few years. They had a turnover against JMU, so I think Maryland like, maybe create some big plays um, on, the, on the defensive end and try to put this one against early. Put, put this one away early, I think, is, a, is another key to watch out for. For sure. Um, you know, Maryland's defense didn't force a turnover in week one, and then they forced one uh, against Charlotte. Little bit uncharacteristic. Donnell Brown, you know, linebacker, edge rusher, kind of lining up on the on the line of scrimmage, comes up with an interception. Um, a little bit peculiar, but uh, you know, that that was forced from Maryland's pressure. Um, a good job there. But we've yet to see the secondary, you know, get the takeaway. 
Um, I think there's a chance that changes. I think Musket in having Musket in there probably decreases the chances just because he's a little bit more of a veteran, maybe reliable, you know, protect the ball game manager type. If Colin Drea does see the field, um, you know, he reminds me a lot kind of of Brendan Armstrong, to be totally honest, in the way that he's kind of spacing the field and, you know, willing to kind of sling it around. I could definitely see Maryland's defense forcing uh, a couple turnovers. No, and I, and I think that that's a large that's large in part of why they really want to get Musket in this game. I think he's the more calm pocket passer, maybe the the, the less try. I, I need to make this play, extend the plays because I think that that I, th- I think Virginia knows that they need to limit limit the mistakes if they want to have any chance of beating Maryland on Friday. Yeah, and like you mentioned, getting that pressure on that quarterback is going to be key. Musket not the most adept at uh, extending plays, getting out of the pocket, so. Uh, so yeah, I can definitely see a couple sacks coming. Um, let's get to special teams. You know, you, you've been you've been hyping this guy up. I hear Virginia's punter slash kicker is one of the best in the country. Yeah, Daniel Sparks, dude is unbelievable. Um, Minnesota transfer didn't really play much in Minnesota, but came into Virginia last year and like established himself as one of the best players on the team in his first season. He matched Virginia's single season uh, punting average yard record at close to 46 yards uh so far this season he already punted the ball 15 times which has kind of shown that like that's kind of how the season's going going for virginia but he's averaging 46 yards he has two punts of, of over 60 yards uh he was an all acc selection last year he had a 69 yard punt against james madison uh which at the time was the third longest in fbs now it's the it's the sixth longest for the dude he gets a lot of action and he's super consistent and in a game where Virginia's probably going to be punting the ball a lot, he has a chance to genuinely flip the field and put the pressure on Maryland. Yeah, and I want to see some some extra explosiveness or at least some more sure-handedness from Maryland's special teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, on kickoffs, they didn't get burned by it, but Octavian Smith dropped the ball, I think, twice. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he was able to just kind of pick it up and take an E in the end zone both times, but um, definitely want to see a little bit more sure-handedness and will be interesting to see if maybe they, they switch it up there and then Tarheeb still on, on punt returns, you know, not terrible. It's not like he was, you know, dropping the ball or anything, but just didn't look super confident out there. And they sending Jayshon Jones back on, on punts a little bit. I would love to see a big return, you know, help Maryland kind of flip the field for the first time this year. Yeah, no, well, that was one of the things I mentioned also in the in the takeaways article for from the Charlotte game. It just it's just both like Tarheeb still like Tavian Smith, they both just look like oddly uncomfortable back there making returns, which is weird for guys who who did it last year as well. So, like, I think it's a good, like, something definitely something to look out for is, like, these guys should not be looking as uncomfortable as they did against Charlotte. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of other options, you know, and I'm not saying that they, they aren't the best options. I mean, I think, you know, Tarheeb Stills' record as a punt returner kind of speaks for itself. He's been very, very reliable. Um, and Octavian Smith, we know what kind of, you know, wiggle he has. He, he can he can break a play open um, anytime, but I would definitely like to see, you know, that kind of put on display. Um I don't know if this really counts as a, a key to the game, but I think this game, like I said, against Charlotte and uh, did not happen. Um, Maryland needs to put the game away early. Um, I think this is the kind of game, considering the way you came out last week on national TV, you know, they come out, they, they win in the second half. It was complete domination. Maryland proved it was a much better team than Charlotte, but I think you definitely need to see Maryland kind of come out hot. Um, you're probably going to have a decent crowd, at least a decent student crowd. Um, it's Friday night and, you know, I don't know if you if you've seen the ratings, you know, online when they, they publish the weekly ratings report, but the Friday night game always does really well because people love football and it's the only big game on. 
you're going to have potentially a larger audience for this game than that Charlotte game. So I think starting out hot against a team that has really, really struggled this year would be super key for Maryland. And I think that could potentially start on special teams, honestly. Yeah. And then I think the other thing with which, uh, which kind of goes without saying is, you know, you need a win just to, just to build momentum going into big 10 play. Right. I think if you can carry a three, no record heading into Michigan state before conference play gets away, I think that's much needed if you're Maryland. Absolutely. And you know, it's a big game. Do you, this is just a, a random question, a little bit off topic. Some of our listeners might know about this. Do you know who Roger Sherman is? The name sounds familiar, but no. So college football blogger, writer, football writer. Um, and he's been doing this, this road trip this year. Calls himself Road Raj. I don't know if you've seen him maybe on Twitter. Um, and he's, he's going to multiple games a week in a car, driving across the country. I think in week one, he traveled like 3,000 miles. He was in Utah. He was in Nashville. Um, anyway, he'll be in College Park on Friday. So you know it's a big game when Road Rogers come in the day before the backyard brawl. So if any listeners uh, r- run into him, definitely say hi and give him some tips. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing him document it. Um, but before we go, is there, is there thinking, you know, as do you think there's anything else that, you know, Maryland fans should, should keep an eye on heading into this game? You know, last non-conference game um, yeah. should potentially be seeing some guys that, that have been hurt, you know, making, making a, an appearance this week. Um, anything else that you think, you know, might, might decide how this game turns out? I, yeah, I don't want to keep on hounding on this, but I think it's just just watch out for the watch out for the Washington attack. I think you're going to see an explosive game by multiple Maryland running backs on Friday. Well, definitely looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Um, this one, you know, like I said, this is coming out Thursday morning. We got the Friday night game, and we'll try to be a little bit timelier with our uh, with our reaction podcast. Maybe get it out by the weekend this time around. But thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back at you after the Virginia game, recapping Maryland's third game of the season. Thank you all for listening.